Welcome back to the Effort Over Everything podcast. I'm your host, Jason Kleepin. On today's episode, Gabe and I, we sit down with the founder of Push Press, Dan Yumira. Now, we've we've known Dan for quite a while, and I've been talking to him about integrating our NC Fit Collective, which is our session plans, our programming for gym owners that we use at our gyms. We've been talking about integrating with Push Press for a long time now. Well, it's finally coming here. We're releasing this next week, so this is a great timing for the podcast to come out to learn more about Push Press, the software, learn a little bit more, of course, about the NC Fit Collective. And then as a gym owner, if you're not interested in either one of those things, right, or you're a coach, we talked to you on the podcast a lot about how gym owners can utilize software, whatever software they have, to improve their business. How are gym owners spending time and metrics to really dial in and to take into consideration? Probably the one of the most powerful things I think Dan spoke about today was this MPR, king of all metrics, focus on drivers of MPR, lead conversions, net revenue retention, average churn, numbers that a lot of us in the, in the particularly in the functional training CrossFit space, we don't talk about them that much. But I think if we get those numbers dialed in, the results seem to follow was Dan's feedback. So today, let's dive into a great episode. Let's learn more about push press. Let's learn more about the NC Fit Collective. But on top of all of that, let's learn about tools and resources that we as gym owners, as coaches can utilize to grow our business that are already available with a lot of softwares out there. I hope you guys are having a kick-ass week. Let's have a great episode with Dan and Gabe and all things push press and the NC Fit Collective. Let's get it. Gentlemen, super happy to have you guys with us today. Um, Dan, you know, we've been we've been chatting for for years now, and I'm I'm really, really happy. I love to see the success of Push Press. I think you guys are doing something really special. And I want to talk today about, you know, obviously our integration, of course. We're we're finally launching with you guys. It's a really exciting time for NC Fit. It's an exciting time, I hope, for the Push Press, where we're finally getting these two companies to combine making it uh, seamless and an easier transition for gym owners who want to utilize our program, the same ones we use at our gym all across the globe. But I want to kind of start here, Dan. You know, tell us a little bit more about what do you have going on at Push Press and, and what is Push Press? And I guess even if you want to just go back a little bit more, why you even started Push Press in the first place. I know you owned a gym, saw some opportunities, and uh, let's dive right in, brother. Thanks for being on the show. Yeah, no problem. My pleasure. Um I'll try to keep the monologues brief. So I like I like podcasts where there's a bunch of back and forth. So uh, I can whenever anyone asks about me, the the fool's uh, play is just monologue about myself for like 20 minutes, which I'm gonna try not to do. Um, so <clears throat> quick background about me: I'm I'm a com- ex computer programmer um, who spent my career doing computer development work around the internet. Um, I think around 2008, I kind of had a little midlife crisis. Ended up getting laid off from my job, uh, found CrossFit, was, you know, 20, 30 pounds overweight as a single single person in L.A. And um, decided to find fitness. A uh, couple different, you know, courses of, I, you know, I did like a push-up challenge and then P90X and I ended up in a CrossFit gym. And I, I still remember to this day being halfway through my first workout there and just going like, this is it. This is it for me. This is what I need and want to do. Um Ironically, I was also smoking like a pack a day at the time. So like I quit smoking during that workout as well. So it was like halfway through that workout, I quit smoking and decided I wanted to do CrossFit as a fitness thing for the rest of you know my life. Was that it? That Did point. you just go cold turkey right there after you you, you kind of yeah. felt the lungs, I imagine, just burning up? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm pretty much a uh, all or nothing type of person in general. So 
you know, halfway through that workout, I'm like, I'm done smoking. And that, that was it. I never had another cigarette since. Um, but yeah, so anyways, uh, I, you know, I, I followed the typical trajectory. A lot of, a lot of your listeners probably did fell in love with CrossFit, you know, consumed everything, went to every nutrition class and mobility class and everything I could, um, ended up taking an L1, um, got, becoming a coach, helping out at the gym I was at, helping someone else open a gym and eventually opened up my own gym. So I think that was like 2010 when, when I opened up, 2011 when I opened up my own gym. That was uh, LAX CrossFit by the LAX airport. Yeah. Uh, um, back in the heyday when the CrossFit games first went down to Carson. So it was like super fun for everybody. Like we had everyone come through. I don't think you came through, uh, but we had a lot of people come through the gym. It was really fun. Um, when I was building that gym, realized like as a software guy, kind of like looked at the industry, wasn't really happy with the choices I had to build my gym around. And of course, I wanted to build it around software because I'm a software guy. So we kind of started rolling our own at the gym. And, uh, you know, naturally, I became friends with gym owners. I became embedded in the gym ownership space. And uh, other gym owners were like, what are you using? Can I use it too? And, you know, I built it just for my gym, so they couldn't. Um, Ended up selling that gym, moving on to open another gym with uh, Jamie Hagia and Lexi Hagia, uh, Torrance Training Lab. And uh, when we opened that gym, we decided like we're going to build this to be a reusable platform for other people to use. And that's kind of the genesis of Push Press, I guess. <clears throat> yeah. And so, I mean, Push Press has evolved tremendously though, over the last you know couple of years, right? The, the company's really grown. And I know that you actually, uh, we'll get into this as, as we go on. Gabe and I actually did an episode with Stu Brower. We talk a lot about sales, marketing, funnels, and things like that. And I want—I want to make sure we discuss that. But from a push press perspective, you know, what makes you guys different from other member management softwares? And you know, where are you guys kind of going to 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 support gym owners? I'm 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 curious because I mean, as a gym owner yourself, I think you knew um, uniquely well the pain points, right? Is that kind of how it started? And then how has it evolved over the last? I mean, shoot, almost. It's I mean, been about a decade, yeah. It's been about a decade, yeah. It's a long time. Yeah. It's funny. It's as with any business, a lot of people kind of catch on to you after you've kind of started to get some traction, but they don't realize there was like a decade of work before that, that, you know, a lot of people didn't even see. Um, I mean, as far as like what makes us different, I think owning a gym and being like boots on the ground with other gym owners, you know, through the journey and the pains of owning a gym is kind of like one of the main differential points. The other one is the fact that me and the other co-founders, we were all software people who got into fitness. Um, and the, what I noticed uh, with a lot of the software is they were either fitness people trying to build software, which as you know now, like building software is really fucking hard. And if you don't really know how to build software, it can get out of control really fast. Or they were like bankers, like payment processing people that had nothing to do with either software or fitness who are basically trying to like, um, you know, get into the space and monetize it. So because of that, I felt like a lot of the software missed like how you actually need to run a gym and, and what it looks like to run a gym wasn't really built into the, the software at the time. So that's, that was kind of the founding angle that we're built on. We are actually kind of, I mean, we're always gonna be built on that, but we're pivoting pretty hard right now to be 100%, 110%, 1,000%, whatever you want to call it, focused on customer experiences, right? So <clears throat> this is actually like a new message that I've been kind of thinking through and putting out there, philosophy, if you will. Everyone in our space says they were going to make your gym better, but that's pretty much just where it stops. Like, hey, our gyms are more successful. We're going to make your gym more successful. And really, it's like every software position should be that way. Like that is 
what the software should try and do. We are actually not only going to start quantifying that with data, but we're actually going to move our mission up a notch to we are going to we are going to bring success to your customers, right? That's all of our focus is going to be on the customer of gyms from here on forward, which again is something that I don't really see in the marketplace today. We can just we can dive into that what that means and what that looks like. I haven't really mentioned this live in any other way. It's a breaking news here first, but it's it's a it's a huge pivot that we're making that I think will be profoundly impactful in the in the industry. And I yeah, go ahead, Gabe. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a- your your audio just um just just went out, big guy. Um, you know what I love about that, Dan is we had a very similar kind of coming up story with the collective, right? Like I love the story of having to build something for yourself and then, you know, it going out there because it makes it so genuine. The fact that, you know, you're trying to solve a problem that needs to be solved because it's literally your problem. Right. And, and I think that that's where, you know, we're super excited for this partnership that we have coming up and launching on July 18th, because there's a lot of similarities between, you know, why I think, and we think the collective is so special and unique and obviously why push presses. And I, I, I love, and I'd love to hear more about this whole customer journey angle, because, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, that's such an interesting way to look at it, right. It's, it's doing the thing for the final, customer experience instead of just being so focused on, you know, how am I going to track my leads and, and, and follow up and, you know, be able to see who's opening emails, so on and so forth. You know, that stuff can sometimes have a different goal than, Hey, how is this going to be a good experience for that lead coming in that wants to become a full member and stay for a long time? Sometimes, you know, the, the spamminess I feel like of some automations in the CRM space you know, they're, they're great maybe for the conversion side, but is that really the best experience for someone that's looking for a gym, which is, you know, and we talk about this on the podcast all the time, already a pretty intimidating experience. You know, it could be pretty uncomfortable for people. So I love this angle of how can we make the experience for that person that is seeking out a gym and seeking out to, you know, take a really big step towards a better, healthier them, how to make that experience better. So I'm, I'm, I'm super curious to hear more. Yeah, so the, the lead aspect of it is, is always the one most gym owners, where their mind goes, because we all think about building, you know, more leads, more business. Um, this, this component is, goes well beyond that. It goes, you know, just directly into the success of the customer. We want to make them customers longer. We want to make them understand the value of the gym. We want to quantify the results that they're getting and maybe even set up or, exper- or manufacture experiences that prove they're getting value out of the gym that they're, that they're attending. The... The mindset shift that we've had is we've stopped thinking in terms of, um, or we started thinking in terms of inputs and outputs, causes and effects, right? We can't really put an input, like making a gym more successful is, a, is, a, is an effect. It's not, it's not the goal, right? It should just be something that happens when you achieve your goal, simply put. So <clears throat> what makes a gym successful ultimately is having customers that are getting success in the gym. And that's actually something we can drive towards with you know, good experience, good onboarding experience, good lead flow experience, um, being able to set and track goals, being able to make the coaches more uh, efficient or, or um, effective. All these tools we can build into the software that lead to a better customer experience and a better customer's experience will automatically give us our goal, which is to make our gyms more successful, but at scale, right? You solve better customer experience times 200 at a gym, all 200 of those people are going to be flowing revenue into the gym as opposed to just solving one lead at a time. Does that make sense? 
Yeah. By the way, Gabe, is my audio better? Nice and crisp. Yes. Ah, nice and crisp. I like it. You know, it, it is definitely a different shift, right? We are focused on customers. So, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying. Um, and I mean, from a practical application, I'm not a software guy. And I mean, we try, we try to be, but, uh, you know, our, my heart is in uh, coaching and training on the floor. And so I'm curious as a gym owner, who's probably not a software guy, just like me, um, what types of things, I mean, I, I, I hear you. It's a definitely a different shift, like customer focus, because then that'll lead to more success. I get that. But like, what, what is push press doing different than the others? And I, I guess what I would say is that that mindset shift alone is something different, right? Because you're not focusing on the coach or the owner. You're not focusing on the – you're actually focusing on, focusing on the customer. And so is there anything particular you guys are doing that, that – I mean, because I saw you guys did some, like, kind of basic automation. You're trying to do some things where the – it takes some of the work off the gym owner, right? Is that, is that kind of some of the things you're looking at doing? Because that kind of parlays into our conversation with Stu the other day where you had some opinions on that for gym owners. Yeah, I mean, in general, the value of software is um, to take repli replicable processes that are that are um, known and defined and be able to build automations around them. You know, the simplest example you can think of is just the monthly billing, right? Um, back in the day, I can't even imagine trying to own a gym in the 80s where you had to like go get someone's credit card or manually collect cash, cash right, every month. I mean, that would probably take someone eight to 10 hours a month to do that. You know, nowadays we kind of take for granted is just done automatically for you. I don't want to cut you off. But I have to share a story. When we first started the gym in 2008, um, at the time, there wasn't these member management softwares that were all fully built in. So I actually did um, credit card charging through Bank of America directly. At that point, they did not have monthly reoccurring subscriptions, or if they did, I felt leery about it because it was new for the industry. And that money was so important to me. So I remember we built up to 122 members. I'll never forget this. On And on the 1st and the 15th, I billed half and half, manually inputted their credit card. I got hmm. so good. I started memorizing some of these people's credit cards. Which I was like, hey, I got to stop doing this. But it was so like janky, right? I'd have these pieces of paper on my desk. 200, 122 people, I apologize in advance if those people are listening, of their credit card just sitting there. And every 1st or 15th, because we had those billing dates, I would charge their credit card. And you're right. I mean, it took hours on hours, but it felt good because I felt like I was collecting money as I was doing it. But anyways, all right, back to your point. Sorry. But I mean, what, what doesn't feel better than just seeing money come into your bank account versus having to key in all those numbers? I can't even Oh, imagine. dude, like I started to know, you know, four starts with, if it starts with a four, it's a visa. Visa. If it starts with a five, <laughs> it's a MasterCard. You know, yeah. <laughs> anyways. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, that's the power of software, right? And that's why, why um, just in general, if you're talking about the world, we're seeing more and more efficiencies and everything's, everything's going faster and faster because we don't have to focus on these little tiny tasks anymore. We can focus on... Ultimately, like the way I see it is you're a coach. You should be focused on the things that you love to do, that you do best, that you can do better than a computer. And that's coaching a person, relating to them, giving them visual tactile, tactile cues, whatever it might be. It's not entering credit card numbers. It's not sending an email at the right time for a person. It's not any of those things, right? It's actually like being a human being. So in the terms of what we're doing today, like this, this is a mindset shift that we're publishing now. Right. So everything we're doing is kind of like building the foundation for where we want to go. But instead of deploying it strictly for the gym owner to benefit, we're going to deploy it for the customers of gyms to benefit from or the coaches of gyms to benefit from. 
and that that will flow up to the gym itself, right, as an entity. Well, I guess one of those things, and we could talk about it too, Gabe. I mean, we're we're integrating our programming, and I imagine that helps to be customer. Well, it helps to alleviate some of the things from the gym owner and the coaches, so they could focus more on the customer experience. I mean, th that is that is a one of the newest integrations you guys are incorporating is this marketplace for programming, right? Which mm -hmm. we're honored to be a part of. It, it, and, and that's a step in that direction, I imagine. Yeah, so, and again, this is an, another great example of how um, software and expertise of, of folks like yourself can really alleviate um, a pain point that a lot of gyms have. And, you know, I get it. I see a lot of gyms say like, oh, my programming is my differentiator. And really, I mean, this might be controversial. I don't think it is really. It, for maybe for a couple members of your gym, it is. But for the most part, people are in the gym to find fitness. People are in the gym to find community. People are in the gym to feel good about themselves. And whether your programming is putting people in the regionals or it's general fitness programming, it's it's kind of a commodity, right? That, but however, they can never specialize enough at a gym without spending an uh, inordinate amount of hours programming, building the coaches' notes, building videos, you know, giving the stimulus, like doing all this stuff. I guess if it's that important to you as a gym owner where you're going to invest 10 to 20 hours a month to do it, then it makes sense. But for $200 a month, you can save yourself 10 to 20 hours. Like that comes out to like 10 bucks an hour. You know what I mean? Um, and it's probably going to be better than what you do anyway. So, and, and because you guys can just input it once into a system and it can get distributed to, you know, hundreds of hundreds and hundreds of gyms at a time, this is exactly how technology is making everyone's lives faster and easier, right? Yeah, I mean, that, that shouldn't be controversial, right? I mean, it, it, it probably is to some people, but it, it really shouldn't be. And, you know, we've said this till we're blue in the face and obviously take it with a grain of salt because it's the service that, that, that we provide. But, you know, it's, it's not the programming, it's the experience. It's how good are your coaches taking <clears throat> someone from minute zero to minute 60 um, through something that's truly going to, you know, give them results, but also have them have such a great experience that they're going to come back. You know, one thing that we always fall back on is it's less about the workouts that you're doing and so much more about consistency. And people mm -hmm. are only going to be consistent if they are having a good time. It's so important for people to have a good time and enjoy what they're doing, which is why, you know, not only are we inputting the workouts, but we're inputting super detailed coaching notes and videos, because at the end of the day, you can have the absolutely best squat cycle and programming on paper but if you have a coach going out there that is just you know lackluster at best to create an experience with that workout you're gonna have people that do end up checking out orange theory and going there because you know they create an experience or check out your other competitor functional fitness gym whereas we want coaches that can go out there and literally from the intro to closing up class can just give you the you know i mean it's 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 cheesy to say and i don't want to steal it from our friends at the best hour of their day but give people the best hour of their day oh absolutely and and i think something that goes overlooked so much is experience is experience and culture are two things that just never happen in a vacuum right like someone can't just come into your gym and if you didn't put effort and energy into the entire experience but whether it's minute zero to minute 60 in a class the onboarding of a new member, you know, like all these things you have to think through every detail of the experience. And if you don't, the coach will just do whatever they feel is right. And that will be the experience that that person gets. Right. So 
Dan, but, I got to ask you, because I think you brought up a really good point. I think this is something that every gym owner needs to like, do a deep reflection on. You only have so much time in the day. You only have so much time in the week. And allocating where that time is spent, I think, is so important. And you said it, you said it really elegantly. You know, if a, if a gym owner is spending, let's just say, an hour a week programming for their gym, what type of, what type of um, preparation are they, are they giving their coaches? And if they're spending 10 or 20 hours a week doing it, there might be a more efficient way to do it. As you said, now there's software that could be utilized to do this. And I think that I think a lot of gym owners are catching on to this, but realizing that what they should be doing is there's other ways to optimize their time than focusing on the, you know, 2159 and session plan for that day. Cause there's companies like ours and others, right. Who are able to do it at scale that they could then invest a whole group of people to then really optimize that particular experience so the gym owner can go do other things that are going to help their business. And so, you know, I th thanks for sharing that because I, I just think it's such an important note for gym owners. If they're really looking at, hey, what can I take off my plate at first? You know, I'm, I'm kind of drowning. You know, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm making a couple of bucks, but I'm drowning. Well, the first thing you could think about is, dude, if you're spending 10, 20 hours a week programming, that's an easy fix. And the second one would be, obviously, if you're coaching a bunch of hours, how do we, how do we, how do we hire someone to help you do that kind of thing? And, um, and this ties into all of this is like, how do you focus, like, how do you use your time to focus on making sure the experience is the same for everyone? Even Phil's, let's use Phil's. I know you like Phil's. Hey, hey, how hey, are don't they talk bad about Phil's. Phil's, yeah, go Phil's ahead. is good. Phil's is good. It's just actually over caffeinated. I don't know what they do, but their shit is crazy caffeinated. But when I go into a Phil's, it's like the, um, I forget the name of the coffee now, but when I order the, whatever coffee I get, it's the same one every time, no matter what fills I go to, right? So they've taken the time to make sure like they pour it the same, the beans are the same, the presentation's the same, the timing's the same, everything's the same. So I, I, I have trust in that brand, right? But when, and, and honestly, like my gym was a, a culprit of this is like when, if you go to 6 a.m. or you go to 6 p.m. and it's two vastly different experiences based on the coach, you know, who, how they felt that day, what they were decided to warm up with and everything. It's, you don't have a standard in your gym that is actually replicable, right? So that's actually something that I, I don't do this as much anymore, Dan, but I used to take every single sales call with someone that was interested in trying out the collective. And a lot of times the way I would pose exactly that to them is, you know, we never want people to come in for the Jason experience or the Gabe experience at NC Fit. We want people to come in for the NC Fit experience every single time because, you know, that's what gets in front of the issue where, you know, say you have that one rock star coach leave, you know, people are either going to leave with them or be disappointed. You want mm -hmm. as much consistency across the different coaches and times of day as possible. And now that doesn't mean that the 5 a.m. class is going to be a different class than the 6 p.m. just because we all know the 5 a.m. is like a completely different breed, different energy, all that good stuff. But in terms of the coaching <clears throat> and the quality of coaching that's going out there, there has to be consistency. It's super, super important. Agree. I mean, imagine if you went into In-N-Out and it's like, the one day you go in, the, the best burger maker was there. And then the next day you go in, it's like the, sh the brand new burger makers there. It'd be like, <laughs> right. what the fuck is this? You know, you get <laughs> Well, and, and the funny thing about like coaching is that uh, just to, you know, my, my point of view on this is like, you will always have coaches that are better than others. Always. It, it's going to yep. happen in every single organization. Just like you're going to have one barista that's a little bit better than another. But I think what was really important for NC Fit in particular, when we were expanding dramatically, like 2012, 2013, 2014, is is creating these guardrails where you're having a, a, a the, the you're not having these terrible experiences, 
and you're trying to avoid those. And so for us, you know, we, we were running locations all over the world. We still do today. We have locations all over Asia. We had it in Mexico at a time. We had, and we were trying to say, man, we need guardrails because we had some coaches that were going in and doing killer, killer jobs. We had other coaches that needed some support. And so by us creating the collective, it was really designed designed for us to do exactly what we're talking about right now, where there's a level of consistency across 6 a.m. or 6 p.m. And if you're going to have an all-star coach, our goal is obviously to have all 10s, but you mm-hmm. know, it's our job as a company to help build them up and let their, um, let their uh, enthusiasm, let their personality shine through, but all within the same uh context of the workout for that day it's not like people are coming in and be like oh you know when i first started coaching you know it was like oh go out for a 400 meter run and and during that time i would figure out what we're going to do for a warm-up that wasn't the right way of doing it you know that wasn't being a professional and i think that's how the industry's evolved now where the expectation is to have more than that available yeah 100 yeah and again i'm not trying to say we're like in our industry we're trying to water everyone down to mediocre it's the other way around like you're saying like there should be a baseline consistency that happens in every class and every coach knows the you know the parts and the performance pieces that have to be hit and beyond that it's like my charisma my personality my humor my wit my ability to connect with people whatever my knowledge as a coach all those are the intangibles that make it better right the human connection end of it but the actual like the bananas part of the workout the squats and the, you know, the warm up needs to be five minutes, not seven and a half. Like th- the commodity part of it needs to execute on, you know, exactly on par. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. And so, you know, think, looking at you with, with push press and where you've grown over the years. Now you have quite a few gyms that utilize your service. You get to see a lot of the data that maybe some other people don't have necessarily like access to. I'm curious, looking at it from your vantage point, looking across, you know, many gyms, many revenues what do you think is an industry we're missing i I think this piece obviously with integrating our programming i think will help gym owners i'm really excited about that that's always been a core mission of ours at nc fit since early days how do we learn and then share but alongside of that what else are you seeing in the industry that you think gym owners could be thinking about in terms of adding value for their business well i mean so, so in my opinion a lot of it is a lot of it is just the fact that they're trying to do stuff that they're not good at or they shouldn't be doing, right? They're spending their time on the things that don't really move the needle, but might be fun to do, interesting to do, or whatever. Um, I think one of the biggest overarching problems in the whole industry is the access to data that that matters. You know, a lot of people cling to vanity data, and also a lot of, um, I feel like a lot of data, it, it's really subject to interpretation on how it's formed, right? And I think where my mind has been going recently is every business owner, myself, you, Gabe, every business person needs a mentor or a coach, right? Bottom line. And one of the flaws in our industry is the mentors that are running the space don't have access to apples to apples data. So it's like, if you're a mentor and you're getting some data from Wattify and some from us and some from Tribe and some from MindBody, who knows how all that data was compiled? Because I'm sure you guys have done accounting and your QuickBooks before. It's like you can make yourself profitable or unprofitable depending on how you move things from one thing to the other, right? All the data that comes out of these systems are the same. It all depends on the definition of how it's formed, right? So you actually need like apples to apples, industry standards to start with. We don't have industry standards for data collection, right? Then the mentors are basically asking gym owners to kind of try to cobble this information together and bring it over to them. So it's like they can't really do their job well, in my opinion. 
Um, and this isn't even in the gym space. It's in the software space too. Like the, the coaches who coach like me are relying on me to try and get some data from somewhere too, right? So one thing that I think is going to be really important is getting the data together, getting some industry standards together that everyone can play by, and then getting these coaches the ability to coach these clients on apples to apples information. Is there something from a data perspective that comes to mind for you? Is it like average revenue per client? Is it uh, average lifetime value? Is it uh, amount of members, the amount of revenue? Like what, what in particular do you think is a metric that gym owners should be, you know, at least aware of? Yeah. Without having really thought this through to put a, a solid thesis together. So this might be refutable by somebody listening, but I think if I had to choose three metrics to dial in on, it would be your lead conversion rate, right? Like sales efficiency. It would be what's called net revenue retention, which, and again, this is like a bunch of uh, software terms that I want, I want gym owners to start thinking about. Net revenue retention, basically take a, take a cohort of people, like whoever was here on January 1, and they, if on January 1, they were spending $100 at the gym, <clears throat> th that same cohort of people, how much are they spending on February 1, right? Are they spending $100? Are they spending 98 because one person quit? Or are they spending 102 because you upsold somebody on a protein package or something, right? Nutrition. Um, <clears throat> so net revenue retention is a big one because what that tells you is it's a kind of a combination between how many of your members are quitting and how much are you expanding the ones that are staying, right? Uh, I think kind of one flaw in gyms is people don't think about expanding revenue. They just think about stacking members. But there is a definite limit to the number of members you can have, right? And the third and probably the absolute most important one is just your churn percentage, right? The number of people who quit in a month. Um, you can look at that in revenue or in people. I usually like revenue better because if you lose one big fish, that's worse than losing like 10 people who don't pay you anything, right? Or could be. Um, so usually just in a percentage of revenue, how much revenue you're churning uh, month over month. There's actually a math formula that, that you can work out, which I don't have in front of me, but I'm going to write a paper on it. But if you, you could take your churn percentage and then I could tell you your churn percentage and then your conversion rate or your growth rate. And I could tell you where your, where your gym's going to die. Like between those two numbers, there's an absolute cap of how many members you can get. Cause eventually you'll churn more members than you'll churn the exact number of members that you're, you're intaking every month. Those are really helpful. Okay. What do you think? I mean, for us, I mean, you're, you're running sales, Mark. You, what, what are your thoughts there? Well, I mean, this is all super interesting stuff and it's stuff that we need to get better at, at, you know, tracking and, you know, really having um, very clear definitions behind, right? Because I think that that's the thing that's been, you know, tough for us, not just at our locations, but with all the different locations that we talk to that come to us and ask for help, our partner gyms, you know, I think the most beneficial thing would just be having, you know, very, very defined you know, what do these numbers look like? So we can start comparing and tracking progress month over month. Um, because I don't think that we're doing that very well ourselves or as an industry. And right now I think we've done some really good steps at, you know, um, doing that at our locations. Um, but I think there's still a lot of work to be done. Yeah. I like that though. I mean, Dan, that net revenue retention is an interesting concept because, uh, well, and, and your average churn, but the net revenue retention, I wrote that down because you're, you're absolutely right. Because if you have a hundred members paying you, let's just say a hundred bucks, you're bringing in 10 grand a month. If you want to see that net revenue, even from the same hundred members go in a slightly vertical direction by selling them, you know, 
maybe supplements the pro shop or maybe personal training. This is something I think Gabe and I offline, I think that you're a hundred percent right, Dan. And I appreciate you bringing this up. Our industry needs to come up with some solid, uh, I, I think in, back in the day, right. People be like, how many members you got? Yeah. That was always like the thing, right? You'd, you'd walk around and be like, how many members you got? And people would have a way to inflate that because there'd be ones that get trade outs. There'd be ones that are on discounted memberships and, and punch I cards. Like, yeah, yeah. Punch cards. Oh yeah. Like, so for our business, for example, you know, we have month to month and we have punch cards. Those are the two types of memberships we have. And I recognize there's a big difference between having, you know, 300 month to month <laughs> members versus 300 punch card members. There's just a difference there. And I, I think that looking at these metrics can be really helpful. And I think that we're going to, Offline, I'm going to talk more to Gabe about this because I think this is something that we could do better as an overall industry is encourage specific numbers that people could shoot towards and not just return on sales or stuff like that. I feel like these numbers will lead you to those other additional num net numbers. Yeah. And I and so and I'm using software industry terms here because I feel like a gym business is no different than software in, in many ways. Uh, it's a recurring membership that people pay. But MRR, monthly recurring revenue, is basically the king of all metrics in software. But I didn't even bring that up for gyms because I don't want them doing the whole how many members you got thing. Because if you just focus on MRR, you're not focusing on the drivers of MRR. And the drivers are like churn and how much you're upselling or able to retain re retain in memberships or raise rates or whatever. So <clears throat> MRR is actually the biggest one. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> right now we're... I guess fortunate is the word you can use to describe that um, we're in very much like a growth back phase at the NC Fit gyms where, you know, in California specifically, and I'm sure, you know, you can relate to this, Dan, we're just kind of coming to the point where at least in our gyms, we've seen like pretty back to normal comfort levels of like people really want to check out the gym in person and come back in. So we're fortunate that right now we're super focused on, I would say, sales efficiency and churn percentage. Like we're really just looking at out of the leads that are coming in, what percentage are we converting them? And then obviously what does the churn look like in the back end? And, you know, how many of those people are people that, you know, are leaving for reasons that are outside of our control. They're moving from the Bay because a lot of people are moving from the Bay or, you know, how many people are just checking out a different gym or financial reasons. So I would say that's where our focus is now, but I can see how net revenue retention becomes so much more important. Once we start getting a little closer to that plateau, phase where we are closer to, you know, as many people as possible in our locations that we are still building back up post COVID and then really trying to, you know, personal training and upsell and how are we doing with apparel and supplements and all of that stuff. And obviously taking into account retention once we get to that point as well. Yeah. It's, it's actually really good. You brought that up because there's two types of churn that we should, you know, make sure that we address. And in, again, in the software world, we call it inv involuntary and voluntary. So involuntary is like, I lost my job. I got to quit. If as long as they're telling the truth, right? I'm moving out of the state. I got to quit. I, you know, I, I just had a baby, right? I would even count that as involuntary. Like I've got to focus on my kid. I'm not sleeping. I'm not coming to the gym. Voluntary churn is like I'm not really happy with NC Fit. I'm going to the gym next door. You know, like making a choice to go to another gym that's a competitor is the the one number that you can't let get too high, right? Circumstances are circumstances. People will have. Um, like for us, we lose we lose a number of gyms because they go out of business. I, there's nothing we can do for that. Like COVID drives them out of business. That's nothing we can do. 
But if they leave us to go to a competitor, that's the number I want to I want to focus on. Yeah, that's good feedback. And I think, you know, Dan, something we've really upped our game on is tracking that, you know, yep. um, I'll speak just for myself, you know, back in the day when members would cancel, you'd of course want to reach out to them and find out why. And then maybe if they didn't respond, you kind of let it go. I think now we're doing a much better job of tracking those cancellations on a sheet <coughs> and recognizing not only a trying to re re-enroll them, of course, like naturally if they say, Oh, I'm, I'm going out of town for two months. Well, naturally I'm going to try and re-engage with that person or, or whatever, for whatever reason. Um, but if we're not tracking the reasons why people are canceling, it could be um, not shining light on some areas that we need to improve on. Like you're saying, it's voluntarily, like they're voluntarily leaving you. If you're getting, you know, 60% are voluntary, that's not good. You mm -hmm. know, there's something that you're doing wrong, but if you're not tracking those cancellations at all, you're not going to be able to have that. And we just use, um, you know, Gabe, correct me if I'm wrong, but we're just, you know, we're, we're, it's not like we have some fancy system. I mean, we're using Google Docs for, for that cancellation sheet, right? Google Sheets, but yes. Yeah. 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 So I think, I mean, another big key concept that a lot of, a lot of gym owners don't deploy is having a feedback loop and asking when they're quitting um, to understand why they're quitting is good. Absolutely. It's required in order for you to be, get better. Uh, one step better than that be asking somebody every three months, how, how much are you enjoying the gym, right? On a scale of one to 10, how are we doing for you? Because you'll start to see someone go from a 10 to a nine to a seven to a five. And you need to be engaging them throughout that course or from a five to a seven to a nine to a 10, right? Could be going the other way. A lot of people don't want negative feedback because it makes them have to look at themselves and reconcile that someone doesn't like what they're doing or doesn't like their business or service, but it's actually the most important feedback you can get because you can't make a change for the better if you don't know what people don't like. Right. And so kind of shifting gears a little bit, Dan, um, to the conversation that Gabe and I had with Stu, I'm curious, like, you know, you were, uh, you were listening to that podcast and, and, and for those uh, people listening who, who didn't get a chance to listen to that episode, Stu's um, I love talking to Stu. I mean, he yeah. gets me all fired up, right? He's, he's, he's awesome. And he's really about sales and, 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 but Dan, when you were listening, you had some ideas or concepts that maybe were slightly different than his, uh, was curious, like when it comes to sales and marketing, maybe we could talk that a little bit for gym owners and things that you've seen successful and, and coming with your career. I mean, you're, you're an entrepreneur, you're building your business and these, these other entrepreneurs are just trying to build theirs as well. Yeah. Um, and I'll preface this with, I love Stu too. Like I, and in fact, you know what I, what I love about Stu the most is like, he will take, he will take a fight. Right. So when I was listening to it, I was actually texting him like, Oh, we have to get on a pot. We have to get on an episode and like, let's go at it. Cause I don't, I don't agree with a lot of the stuff you're saying. <laughs> I think mostly a lot of the stuff he said just boiled down to, it was mainly two things. One, a lot of the stuff he was talking about was marketing, not sales, right? So I'm trying to remember the exact details of the episode. The one that sticks out in my mind was when he talked about um, if you're a guy and you want to date a girl, you're always going to be like, hey, how's your day going? Hey, how's things with your boyfriend? Like just checking in with her because eventually when she, when she breaks up with him, you're like top of the heap, right? That's marketing. That's not sales. You know what I mean? Like you're not closing the deal there. You're just like continue. And, and this is where like drip market, that's drip marketing, right? It's like, Every month you're sending her a little message saying like, I'm still here. Like, and I'm, I'm going to provide you some value and make sure your day is great. Right. So a lot of the stuff he talked about on that episode, I just think he was talking about marketing, not sales. That's, that's the, one of the biggest things. The other thing, uh, and I can't remember. Oh, this is the example. He said, um, Oh, and I checked in with my sales guy and he said like, I had seven demos and I closed none. 
So I didn't get any sales. And then, and then Stu said, no, seven sales happened. They sold you on why they're, they're not going to go to your gym, right? I 100% don't agree with that. I believe the duty of sales is to qualify somebody as the proper fit for your business, right? If someone came in and said, I want to be able to do a fucking frog pose and handstands, and I really want to be a yogi, and I ran a strength, a barbell gym, like there's no sale happening there because you don't fit their needs, right? So in my opinion, sales done right is an interview where I'm getting to understand what that person wants and needs. And if it doesn't fit with what I do, I send them somewhere else, right? In the beginning of Push Press, when we were much more immature as a company, I sent so many people to our competitors because they didn't fit us for what we needed, what they needed from us. And those people actually referred business to me years late for, for years to come because they trusted me at that point, right? So, I mean, we can dive into it. I, I think the biggest thing gym owners are missing is understanding sales, right? And um, so I, I can talk very passionately and at, at large with, about this, this topic. Now, Dan, I'm curious though, like, don't because I've, I've always thought that, and, and this might be because I come from a traditional sales background and kind of shifted into this director of sales and marketing role for NC Fit now. I'm, I'm not by any means a traditional marketer, but that's probably what I would say 70% of my, my role is now for NC Fit. I've always thought that there's so much overlap between sales and marketing in that, you know, you're making. 70% of the sale through your marketing to try and get someone that, you know, is eventually coming to your business, whether it is the gym or our collective service, having pretty much already convinced themselves that this is what they want to do. And you're just there to kind of get out of their way. And maybe that that's a little bit more specific to what we specifically offer, but with the collective specifically, which is kind of the first thing that I, I was really in charge of selling um, for, for NC Fit, you know, I thought that especially because it's, it's a little bit of an emotional decision, like to give up the keys to your programming. Like it has to be our messaging and marketing that's pretty much getting people to the 10 yard line. And then when I finally get on a call with them, I'm not so much figuring out like, hey, is this a good fit for you? I'm just kind of like answering the, the, the soft, soft pitch questions to try and get them over the goal line. So curious to hear your thoughts there. Yeah, I do think... Okay, so 100%. I do, I do think marketing and sales are completely different, but the purpose of marketing is to get someone to be ready to make a buying decision by the time they're engaged. Like they already know enough about the brand, enough about the philosophy, who's doing it, why they're doing it. All that needs to be answered ahead of time so that when we come down, it's just a pure, how much am I paying? What am I getting? Do I, am I comfortable making this decision? Like you, you cut all that out. If they're stepping into your door and they're like, I don't even know who you are, Gabe. I don't know what you stand for. I don't know why you've been doing it, how long you've been doing it that's going to be impossible to sell. Like you've got to get that them over that to begin with. So I agree with you there. Um, what was the second part? I'm trying to remember now. Well, just, I mean, I, I think we agree that there's a lot of overlap, but I, I guess it's just, <clears throat> is it specific to kind of the service that we had with the collective or, you know, is it um, kind of universal that, you know, people are that or should be that close to the purchasing this, uh, decision when they come yeah, I, I think gyms are different than what you're selling, right? Because the problem with gyms is there's 24-hour fitness and anytime fitness and super high-end, you know, celebrity trainer for the stars and, you know, boutique gym. And there's a whole spectrum of everything in between. And what consumers do 
in, in, in this type of an industry is they just try and commoditize everything into one. And it's going to be commoditized into the cheapest, easiest to understand thing, which is going to be like anytime fitness. So when they, if typically when a person steps in the gym and they ask how much, they don't know what you're selling, right? That would be like um, me going to a Pabst Blue Ribbon Brewery and saying how much for the beer and then going into like a bourbon distillery and asking how much and thinking it's a Pabst Blue, Blue Ribbon, right? They're not the same product. So they, in a gym, you have to actually qualify and just and let them understand like you're not renting space here. You're getting my coaching expertise. I'm going to work with you on pain points. I'm going to understand your goals. I'm going to work with you on that. You know, we're going to understand your emotional needs. We're going to drive towards that. And there's a lot of value in what I'm going to bring you. And it's not the same as you showing up and using the bicep curl machine. Right. So with you, you guys is different because there is no commoditized version of you yet. Maybe if the industry involves to a point where like you can get programming for 10 bucks or you can get programming for 200 bucks, then you got to start to differentiate the why of your business versus theirs. Right. You know, it's interesting though, from a sales perspective, you know, our locations are a little bit more retail than most gyms. I'd say, <clears throat> I'd say they're a lot more retail than yep. most gyms in the CrossFit space. And I don't know how often a gym owner has a problem you're referring to, because if someone goes and takes the time to engage or go to their warehouse, let's just say they actually take the time to go find a gym. I think a lot of times they've already done some basic research. They want to get into the functional training space. I mean, I get what you're saying. Like if they're just going to walk in off the floor, like I used to, I used to um, sell gym memberships at a conventional gym and it was just a commodity, man. People would come in and you're negotiating on price. That's it. And they look at your gym the same way they look at 24 hour fitness down the street and other gyms. But I feel like with CrossFit in particular, and even for NC fit, like when people come in, I mean, unless they're just like walking by, which then it's a hundred percent what you said earlier, like you're basically qualifying them if they're going to be a good fit. But for the most part, people that come in or engage this have an idea that this is a boutique experience. It's going to cost more money and they're going to get more value from it. Um, that's the, at least the way I look at it, especially mm -hmm. if you're in the warehouse in the middle of nowhere. But yeah, anyways. Uh, it's, it's What it is, is I think you, NC Fit is a little bit above the rest because you have a brand that carries beyond maybe even just your local community, right? And, um, you know, if, if a person is researching gyms, in their area and there's three or four boutique gyms that they can join and their primary consideration is price. They basically turned all gyms into the same gym. It's everyone's a Starbucks at that point, right? What you need to do is have a conversation and say like, I don't know about the other gyms, but this is what we do. And this is why, you know, this is what is important to us. And this is how we help you. And this is how we track your progress. And this is how we bring you value. And I don't even know what you want out of me. So how can I really tell you what you, you know, what you're going to fit into? If all you're selling is group exercise, that can kind of work, but the, like kind of like the higher ticket, the higher earning gyms are going to be selling PT or nutrition or small group classes or focused ability work or something to that degree, right? That makes that NRR go up, right? If you're in jujitsu, you can either just come in and roll, or I can teach you like more practical advanced street fighting techniques for, or, or bully protection against your kids or something that has a higher value because you're emotionally attached to the value that it provides. Right. That's the difference. Yeah. Yeah. I get that too. I, I think that this is all, it's all really relevant for the gym owner because we need to continue to step our game up as gym owners. I want to see the, I want to see our network of gyms. <clears throat> I want to see the community make, make good money. I want them to thrive. I don't want them to go out of business and I want yeah. them to be able to, you know, go out and take their team for a steak dinner every now and then. And things like this, these conversations, like 
I think back in the early days, they were like faux pas. Like you never want to talk about money. You never want to talk about sales in the gym. It was like, it was like, no, 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 no. But that's what runs the business. And so we need yeah. to be thinking these things through and using software like what you're saying to to making sure we're looking at the right metrics, which after this call, I'm going to definitely talk to Dave, uh, Gabe more about that to see what we could do to kind of create our own kind of trajectory on that and then share that with gym owners, share it with you of what our numbers look like and what that how, how do we grow them in the future. So thanks for sharing that, by the way. No problem. Um, Gabe, so in, in regards to the collective and our integration, you know, I think that July 18th is our launch date with Push Press. And we've been working on this for months and months and months, uh, many, 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 many months. And our goal has always been with the collective. We, we practice, we preach. We are in our gyms every day and our programming to much to Dan's point, like it, the reason why I believe our programming is the best is not because I think we're going to send people to the CrossFit games. I don't, I don't think we're going to send people to the CrossFit games and we're okay with that. We're, we're fine with that. I think what we're going to do, I know what we're going to do is help gym owners run a for-profit business that's going to allow members to come in, have a fun and effective workout and keep them coming in consistently. You know, one of the things that we've learned the hard way over the last 15 years is, you know, having a little bit of variety. So we do have a variety of programs available for our, for our members, but also making sure the experience and the program is fun, something that they look forward to. You know, I don't think people look forward to doing a five by one back squat and going home. I don't. And I don't because I've seen it in the trenches, right? Or, hey, hold an Elsa and do GHG sit-ups. <laughs> I, I just, I don't think that's, that's fun for the members. And I think that there has to be this fun component where people look forward to the workouts because that's what drives consistency. And as we all know, consistency drives results. And so with NC Fit programming, I just really want to nail this on the head. We are a for-profit business and our programming is tailored to run a for-profit successful business. We are not tailored to send people specifically to CrossFit Games. We are designed to lar run large group classes that can really help people get in the best shape of their life, to live freely and fully outside the gym, but have fun while they're doing it. And anyways, I just wanted to hit that point home, Gabe. Um, I don't know what you want to add on the collective points. Yeah, I mean, I would also just, and we mentioned this earlier in the episode, stress the fact that, you know, yes, the programming is fun. Yes, there's some really smart coaches behind it that are testing the workouts, drafting the workouts. But it really comes down to the hours and effort that goes into the session plans and, and coaches' videos that really are meant to have your coach take any workout that we put out there and turn it into a quality experience because that's ultimately what's <laughs> going to make or break the good gyms from the great gyms. Um, and like Jason said, you know, we've been working on this for months because, you know, we really always want the user experience for the coaches and the gym owners to be top notch. And we've gotten to a point now with push press where we're super confident that this is obviously not only going to save coaches and gym owners times, cause they're not going to be, you know, as Matt likes to say, fat fingering in the programming into some sort of software, it's automated for you, but you know, push press has done an amazing job at, you know, having it so that it's very user-friendly for the coach and the gym owner. And we're at a place now where we're super excited to launch this and also super excited to work with, a company that, as Dan said in the beginning, you know, started by trying to solve a problem for gym owners as a gym owner, which is exactly what we did with the collective. So I'm excited to get this in the hands of push press gyms. I'm excited for, you know, gyms that have been using the collective that are interested in checking out push press to check that out. Um, and yeah, I think that this is, you know, just another exciting step in the right direction to, like you said, Jason, just keep helping gym owners. 
So Dan, if someone wanted to, you know, jump in and check out Push Press, what's the best way? Uh, you know, and we could put the links in the in the podcast show notes for sure. But if they just want to learn more about Push Press in general, should they just go to your website? And then obviously our marketplace integration uh, launches July 18th, which, as Gabe has said, you know, save time and and really lean on what we're doing. I mean, we have a full team that's doing all this stuff to then integrate, which we've been integrated now for well over a couple of months. And we've proven success already with the beta group. And so now it's time to really launch this. So, so Dan, for, for people who are interested, do they just go to pushpress.com or what's, what's the best place to get more information? Yeah, pushpress.com has all the information uh, in the top. I think under the products area, there's um, some information about Train, which is our workout programming um, solution. And uh, you can schedule a demo. We actually have a free version, so you can just sign up and start tooling around for free as well. Um, I will say this, um, this might be a faux pas to do, but I'm going to do it anyways. Um, just to show you like all the things I said in this call are actually true with me and with us. Um, our, right now our train app is separate from our member app. So we have gotten a lot of like feedback from customers saying, Oh, with, you know, competitor, it was one app. And I love I, my, my, my gym members prefer it to be one app. Right. Um, so because of that, we've taken that feedback, we're working everything into one app right now. It's just going to take some time <clears throat> to do. Um, but because of that, I would actually disqualify people who want one app. You need you probably want to wait a little bit because we are, we're building it into one app. It's probably going to take like the rest of this year, you know, mobile dev goes. Um, I don't want to have someone come through and have a bad experience. I'd rather have them wait and have the perfect experience. So uh, just to kind of show you like all these topics I talk about, like the customer experience matters. We're listening to the feedback and I'm, I'm not going to sell somebody <laughs> into a bad situation. So that's, that is what it is. Hey, man, you know. I'm a big believer in practice what you preach, and that's a great example to, uh, to kind of summarize this call. Um, you know, Dan, I always appreciate chatting with you. I think you have a lot of industry knowledge. You get to see the numbers at a, at a really bird's eye view, and I think you, you see the real numbers. You see the revenue numbers. And so I think for that, uh, I think driving home some of these metrics is key. I love the feedback you've given. I want to talk about this consistently more often with you. As the industry evolves and grows, we need to stay on top of what metrics you're seeing drive success for gym owners because ultimately that's what our goals are they're mutually aligned there and uh gabe always looking good sales and marketing here at nc fit living on a farm crushing his best life uh any uh any kind of closing remarks gabe for for anybody interested in in, in our push press integration or anything going on and we'll close it out no no i mean dan shared where you can get information you can obviously always email collective at nc.fit if you have specific questions about <laughs> our service um and yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Oh, and definitely sign up for the new newsletter if you want to hear from me all things sales and marketing every two weeks, nc.fit slash build better to sign up for that. But that'll be in the show notes as well. And and yeah. I would like I'd like to jump in real quick and say if, if any of you guys out there listening um, haven't checked out NC Fit for for gym programming, I think you really should. I actually um, just use it myself to do random workouts here at home and it is literally the best programming I've ever been experienced to. Not only from a like a member, like I'm I'm the consumer doing the workout, but also I get to see behind the scenes of like what the coaching videos are like, what the notes are like, how much preparation's gone into it. And then there's like what three or four different programming tracks that you provide, so you can do like a, a sweat version, a typical CrossFit version. A, 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 I don't know. The the value seems immense, and like if you're a push press gym listening, and you want to find a way to carve some time out and put back into your business, I would highly recommend checking out the NC Fit programming. 
Love it. All right, gentlemen. Well, for everybody listening, keep getting after it. Keep crushing it. Have a great week. And uh, we'll be in touch soon for the next episode. Let's go. All right.